Welcome to Funding the Dream. I'm Richard Bliss, and you are listening to Funding the Dream, a podcast for Kickstarters. And today, my guest is Howard Taylor. Howard is the creative genius behind Schlock Mercenary, a web comic that has been running uninterrupted for the last 11 years. Howard, did I get that right? You got that right. And you remembered to use the word genius, which always gives me a little thrill. It does. It does. <laughs> you and I have known each other a long time, and we've enjoyed many a conversation. And so it's been fun, Howard, to watch, as we had this conversation at the beginning of your campaign, to watch one of your creations take on a whole new life uh, and be manifested in a board game. And uh, that's kind of exciting. It's got to be exciting for you. It's, it's really exciting. I've never been so happy to be so wrong. Um, <laughs> And, but, and I was I was wrong I was wrong on several counts when the uh, uh, when the Ape Games guys uh, the Living World Games guys said you know we want to do Kickstarter I didn't think it was a good idea um, but I agreed to it because um, because I'm I'm I, if there's one thing I learned uh, over time it's that sometimes you have to be willing to surrender control and let somebody else make the decision. And I'm not a game manufacturer, and they said Kickstarter would be a good way to go. So I agreed to it. And and I'm happy to have been wrong to have been afraid. Um, and then when we talked about, uh, you know, what possible funding uh, levels were, um, we knew that 25000 was the sweet spot for being able to make a game and make some money at it. Um, but, uh, you know, I told the guys, yeah, you know, 25 K that's, you know, that, that's a good number. I don't think we can pass about 35 K. Um, and I'm, I'm pleased to have been wrong. And I think I said the same thing to you on you, the podcast. You did. I, you did. I, I did not expect to go past 35 and we, uh, we hit, we hit 82 on paper after, uh, credit card processing and the, inevitable failure of some cards to get processed. I think we were just a hair over 80. Um, and I, think, I, I don't remember the exact number. But. You know, and I was wrong too, because I think I estimated, I guessed that you guys were going to hit um, 60,000, 60 something thousand. You said 60 something thousand, but you also said that we had a shot at the number one spot, which at the time looked like 77. Yes. Um, and of course, uh, uh, D-Day Dice went and raised that bar. Right, so at the time, um, <laughs> that's correct. At the time, you would have been yeah. number one if D-Day Dice, uh, the week before, hadn't simply shattered the record. So yeah. you, so you, you came in with a little bit of trepidation. This was an un, unknown thing. You went through this process, and now that you've seen kind of what happened, has, has anything changed? I, I assume something's changed. Your impression now of <laughs> what Kickstarter is going to do whether it's you directly or a bigger impact, because you you are an observer of of society and what's happening out there, and I've got to believe that you see an impact here that that this is going to have. Well, lessons learned. Um, in first and foremost, um, Kickstarter is not ghetto. Um, and I explain, had this perception. Why? I had this perception that Kickstarter was ghetto. That Kickstarter was for people who uh, didn't know how to start a business on their own. Um, didn't know how to fund the project on their own. And while that may hold true, and there are definitely people on Kickstarter uh, you know, who, who fit that bill, um, Kickstarter, for those of us who do know how to run a business, who do know how to fund a project on their own, 
on our own. You know, if I wanted to, I could have borrowed the money to make the board game, but I didn't think that was a good risk without, you know, identifying the audience first. Um, and Kickstarter is perfect for that. You know, for people like me who understand risk versus reward and who understand that, you know, you, you need to find an audience and determine what the audience is willing to pay, Kickstarter is a perfect method for doing that because it combines those two activities. Um, you know, you, well, I say it combines those two activities. You, as we've made clear before, it helps to have an audience already, but determining whether or not the audience is willing to pay while not actually risking any money uh, you know, upfront doing that, that's, that's perfect. And, and Kickstarter allows people to do that. So Kickstarter is not ghetto. And that was something that I had to overcome in my, in my brain. Yes. Um, and I'm, I'm past it. I'm, and as I've said, yes, I, I fund merchandise on my own all the time, books, calendars, t-shirts, you know, little things that I could do via Kickstarter, but I don't. Um, but after this, I after the success of uh, the Schlock Mercenary um, board game project on Kickstarter, I'm looking at things that are riskier and the possibility of putting together Kickstarter projects for them. Fans, for instance, keep coming to me and saying, when are we going to see a Schlock Mercenary role-playing game? And well, I, I would want to hire somebody who knows how to crunch role-playing stats and you know and and play test those sorts of things and i i would want to i would want to build the project correctly and it occurred to me hey you know what i bet i could do this project in 2013 um sandra's gonna have a fit she and i have talked about this and she said you're not allowed to even think about this until next year so of course i'm podcasting it in front of everybody at the beginning of this year right um, right building up that anticipation <laughs> building, building the anticipation. So, so these are the sorts of thoughts that I've had as a result of the successful uh, Schlock Mercenary uh, board game project. By the way, the Schlock Mercenary board game is not going to be called Schlock Mercenary the board game or the Schlock Mercenary board game. It is going to be called Schlock Mercenary Capital Offensive. Schlock Mercenary Capital Offensive. Capital Offensive. Okay. Um, with some subtitle text that we haven't... Uh, I uh, haven't arrived at, um, but essentially says this is a tactics game about uh, about going on the offense, you know, bringing the fight to them, uh, you know, fast, furious, uh, throw the dice, throw the grenades, see what happens. How many backers did you have? Do you remember? Well, I need to well, I guess check the... Well, I guess I've been walking around and I just stepped oh. away from the screen that had those numbers on it. Um, oh, the number of backers was uh, 1,111, four ones. 1,111. So uh, yeah. normally when you create a game, you create a game, you print up two, 3,000 copies. So one half to one-third of an anticipated print run has already been um, yeah. cl claimed. Well, our original print run plan, uh, the Eight Games guys said, uh, let's do 2,500 and I scratched my head and said, mm, you know, I think if this works, if, if it funds, then we'll probably want to do 3000 but let's budget it at 2500 And so we budgeted at 2500 which was where the $25,000 uh, number came from, which factored into, it factored into that $25,000 number was the shipping costs and the manufacturing costs and Kickstarter's fees, 
and a little fudge factor for, you know, what if a few credit cards don't go through? You know, we did all of that math. Right. Um, and, uh, and what it came out to was, you know, what we were really saying is we're going to make the game for about 21.5 because we expected, you know, that much overhead. Um, I mean, that doesn't count shipping, but the, the overhead of uh, Kickstarter and sales transactions. Um, once we hit uh, 33, 34,000, um, the guys said, mm, "We might want to. We might want to go ahead and take you up on that and print, print three thousand because it looks like it looks like the project's got legs, and we'd rather have inventory than uh, than have to do a reprint." Right. And the conversation that I just had was, "Let's do five thousand because five thousand ensures that when we hit the tapering of demand, um, twenty months from now, we will still have inventory instead of." having demand and no way to fulfill it without investing another $20,000. So five, you went from 2,500 to 5,000 in your print. We're, yeah, we're going to do, we're going to do a 5,000 print run. So, and of course, you know, we, we, we do the 5,000 print run and then, um, I don't know what the guy's timeline is for this, but we want to have expansions available fairly quickly. And the expansions will be budgeted for out of the profits of the games that sell, not to the, the Kickstarter supporters. You know, they've already they, they funded the project um, and funded a bunch of bonuses. Um, but the uh, the add-ons will be funded from uh, the sales of the rest of the game, which, you know, out of inventory, at this point, those are gravy. I mean, they're not really gravy, not for right. tax purposes. Right. But, uh, but for cash flow, for. yeah, basically for cash flow purposes, they're they're there. Yeah, exactly. So, so in 2012, if uh, listeners are, if somebody out there didn't back Schlock Mercenary, are they just going to be? Is it going to show up in uh, stores uh, sometime soon? Do you know? Um, the plan is to have um, uh, have all of the art complete by mid to late February. And uh, the game manufactured and uh, uh, arriving at our facilities um, in late May, early June. So we're launching at Gen Con, um, but the guys have, the the Ape Games Living World guys uh, have distribution contacts. Um, So yes, it'll be appearing in the uh, Alliance catalog and game stores can get it probably in July. Okay. And then are you going to be out and about in 2012 where people can sit down and play the game with you? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's my hope that I'll be able to bring um, uh, advanced copies of the game um, to conventions in May. Where will you be in May? Where will I be in May? Origins? <laughs> Actually, no, I'm not going to be in Origins. Uh, um, I think the convention in May is, uh, I might be going to uh, World Steam Expo, um, which is in Dearborn, Michigan. And that's just me hanging out with some friends. Okay. But, you know, I'll totally bring a copy of the game so that we can play it. Right. Um, and uh, in, yeah, and I think June, July are empty of convention, so the first place I'll be playing the game will be at Gen Con. Okay. And Gen Con this year is? Gen Con's in uh, early August in um, Indianapolis. Okay. So, so that's where you're going to be uh, for... No, I think Nick and Kevin are going to be at Origins. Show, um, showing it off? 
showing it off. They'll probably be at Gamma as well. Okay. So you know, because they're they're a game company, they they right. have to have a presence at those sorts of events. And the Flock Mercenary game sitting alongside the uh, uh, the 1955 game, and uh, you know, Duck Duck Go, and the Order of the Stick game, and R- Rolling some of the other properties that they produced. Rolling Freight, which was their Kickstarter, a successful Kickstarter campaign, right? I assume that'll be there too. That was a game that I was yeah. I was interested in. All right, and then uh, Howard, you know, we've got a, a few minutes left here. Um, do you see what changes do you see this Kickstarter thing doing? People are talking about a bubble. But the people are talking about that it's just kind of a flash in the pan. It'll be Kickstarter fatigue. What are you seeing? Um, I think that people who say that it's a bubble uh, don't realize how big the world is. Um, you look at Kickstarter and you say, "Oh my gosh, two million dollars! Two million dollars! Wow, that's an enormous amount of money." Well, it's an enormous amount of money for one person, assuming the one person isn't you know, already a billionaire. Right. Um, but when you think that there's, you know, a hundred thousand people who like to play board games, you know, up and down the Eastern seaboard of the United States, a million dollars is just 10 bucks each. Um, and, and, and there's probably way more than a hundred thousand people who are sitting down playing board games. Um, when we look at what Kickstarter did total, which is what around a hundred million last year, that's correct. Ninety nine, ninety nine point three million dollars, right? Yeah, ninety nine point three million dollars. Um, you know, back in the day when I worked for a software company, um, a hundred million dollars was the annual revenue for a single software suite that sold to a bunch of businesses that had, you know tens of millions of mailboxes worldwide. Um, and so I look at the number, $100 million, and I think, oh, that's the size of one healthy business. Right. And Kickstarter is built on you know, hundreds of thousands of fledgling businesses. And so uh, it, it would not surprise me at all to see Kickstarter uh, two, three years from now being a billion-dollar churn of of funding of small enterprise um, because, as I said at the beginning of this little rant, the world is a big place. And Kickstarter, I, I talked to the people at the gym about Kickstarter when they were wondering why I was, you know, so jumpy and bouncy back in <laughs> back in December. Right. And, wow, what's got into you? Oh, uh, funded on Kickstarter at eighty two k. What's a Kickstarter? Um, and you know, I got that response from everybody. Whole bunch of people who are, you know, these are people who pay for gym memberships and, you know, love being healthy, and that's about the only thing that they have in common with me. And none of them had any idea what Kickstarter was. Well, that's probably because nothing that they love is being put on Kickstarter. Well, what happens when, you know, a home fitness company, hey, we want to make a new, you know, Bowflex clone thing available to people for $200 instead of $900? And we're going to do it on Kickstarter. And here's our video with you know sexy people working out with giant rubber bands. And uh, <laughs> hey, suddenly, suddenly the gold gym crowd who's spending forty bucks a month on um, right. you know on health and fitness, you know suddenly they've got something to look at on Kickstarter. So, like I said, a billion dollars uh, five years from now wouldn't surprise me. A billion dollars, you know, uh, twelve of the of the 
independent films at Sundance this month are Kickstarter backed by Kickstarter. I talked to them when I talked to them. Twelve of them? Twelve of them. When I talked to them wow. last month, they said they're just planning because they know soon. This is Kickstarter themselves. When I, I met with them, they said that they know that soon, maybe not this year, maybe not next year, but soon a Kickstarter backed film is going to win an Academy Award. And so, you know, so they're doing a hundred million and people, don't, like you said, don't even know yet that it's out there. Um, yeah. Three, 3.6 million in the gaming space. Two million of that was board games. One point six million of that was video games, and we've talked about the video game market being massive. Uh, there's just so much growth and opportunity there that yeah, it's going to be a little crazy. When I started cartooning and um, and you know applied to syndicates and got turned down, and then went to the web and thought, yeah, this looks cool. This looks like you know a neat way to tell a story and reach a niche audience, and uh, we used the words, uh, used the phrases, the um, uh, free content business model and democratization of content, and web comics, you know, at the time were, you know, were sort of this small indie kind of thing, and uh, and then in, I think it was 2006, maybe it was 2007, a web comic won uh, an Eisner Award. You know, suddenly we're not, um, you know, indie or tiny. I mean, we're not we're not necessarily right. mainstream. I don't even know I don't even know what mainstream means anymore because Penny Arcade, the guys who put on the, the Penny Arcade Expo, the guys who sponsor the three million dollar a year child's play charity, the Penny Arcade webcomic has I don't know how many millions of readers. Are they mainstream or are they indie? You know, these, these words, these words don't mean anything anymore. And so if you look at, if I look at the business that I'm currently in and how it has grown from a, you know, grassroots indie, uh, you know, free content sort of thing into something that actually supports careers and multiple, you know, multiple employees in one business, you know, it's a, it's a small enterprise thing. Um, uh, seeing, seeing what Kickstarter does. Uh, and how Kickstarter started, it's, I see the same pattern. It fits, as you mentioned in, uh, I think it was two casts ago, maybe three casts ago, it fits uh, Clayton Christensen's disruptive innovation model, um, where guys like me, who were already doing business, looked at Kickstarter and said, oh, that's ghetto, that doesn't meet my needs. Right. And then something happens and we change our minds and realize, no, this isn't ghetto. I sure hope I can change my business model fast enough to account for this. Exactly. Fortunately, Fortunately, I'm in a position where it fits my business model perfectly, but, but that, I can see how companies, there are companies out there for whom it does not. That's right, that they are already locked into their value network, and that's why, hence the whole innovator's dilemma, that those mm -hmm. companies that are extremely successful, it, you could almost argue the more successful they are, the harder it is for them to break a successful model and pursue something smaller, less efficient, not quite as, as, as needing. Hey, Howard, we're out of time. We are out of time. It's been, Isn't that painful? It is. And it's always... You and I could just talk and talk and talk. And we could. And I think that my listeners and your listeners and your fans wouldn't mind us just talking and talking and talking. But uh, I have made a... So we'll leave them wanting more. Always. Always. Whenever we, I, I get the chance <laughs> to talk to you, I always want more. Howard, thank you very much for taking the time, for sharing, and for putting out such a great... Uh, piece of intellectual property stock mercenary which is so much fun by the way i went and looked at on facebook you need to talk to your fans 
you only have 940 fans uh, in the U.S. that say they like uh, Schlock Mercenary in their Facebook uh, interests. You need to go have them go fix that. So that okay, uh, you, I'll you... <laughs> I'll undertake that. Yeah, you. I don't know social media from a hole in my head. Oh. I grew up in the world where we needed to own our own forum in order to maintain an audience, and I still haven't come to grips with the fact that. Nobody wants to be a part of a forum that I own. They just want to be on Facebook or Twitter or Google right. Plus. Or they want to own their. They want to be part of it. We all want to be part of it. MySpace. Just kidding. No. All right, Howard. Thank you so much. Uh, you have been listening to Funding the Dream. Howard Taylor from Schlock Mercenary has been my guest, and we appreciate you listening. And take care. <laughs>